Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. So glad you stopped by. We hope that as you listen to today's sermon, the Holy Spirit through his word will refill you, recharge you, and equip you for the rest of your journey with him. Listen to today's sermon. So we thank God for another morning, another Sunday, another opportunity to meet together, worship together, and share his word. Since January 1st, we've been hearing very deep messages on effective living with a focus on wisdom. Um, This year, the church is focused on developing wisdom and an effective way of living. So we have a balanced life as Christians both the spiritual and the physical. We should be balanced in every way. Um, On the first day of this year, we had some deep insight from Brother Kelvin and Sister Emma on um, planning, budgeting. Last week, Nanat Kofi taught us some very good points on how to live an effective way. Today, I want to just um, reemphasize this looking at a very small part with a story in the Bible on one of the characters Nanakofi spoke about last week, that is Abraham. So we go to Genesis chapter 12, the call of Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 4. The Lord told Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 4. The Lord told Abraham, You are to leave your land, your relatives, and your father's house, and go to the land that I am going to show you. I'll make you a great nation of your descendants. I'll make a great nation of your descendants. I'll bless you. I'll make your reputation great, so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, but I'll curse the one who curses you. And through you, all the people of the earth will be blessed. So Abraham left there as the Lord had directed him. And Lot accompanied him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. Then we move to chapter 17, verse 1 to 14. Genesis chapter 17. A long reading. Genesis 17, verse 1 to 14. Let me start from 16, verse 15. So just two verses before 17. So 16, Genesis 16, verse 15 to 17, verse 14. Hagar eventually gave birth to Abram's son, Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar gave birth to Ishmael for Abram. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and announced, I am God Almighty. Live in constant awareness that I'm always with you and be blameless. 
I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will greatly increase your numbers. Then Abraham fell to the ground as God continued speaking to him. Look, I have made a covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. Your name is no longer to be Abraham. Instead, your name will be Abraham, since I'll make you the father of many nations. I'm going to cause you to have many descendants, and I'll bring nations from you. Kings will come from you. I'm establishing my covenant between me and you, and with your descendants who come after you, generation after generation, as an eternal covenant, to be your God and your descendants God after you. I'll give to you and to your descendants the land to which you have traveled, or the land of Canaan, as an eternal possession. I'll be their God. God continued to speak to Abraham. You and your descendants who are born in the future are to keep my covenant. That is, you and your descendants generation after generation. Here is my covenant that you are to observe between me and you and your descendants. Every male among you is to be circumcised. You are all to be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. And there is to be, and this is to be the sign of the covenant between me and you. Generation after generation, every male among you is to be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth including the servant born in your house or the one purchased from a foreigner who is not of your offspring. 13. The servant born in your house or the one purchased with money is to be circumcised. My covenant is to remain in your flesh as an eternal covenant. Any uncircumcised male who does not have the foreskin of his flesh circumcised on the eighth day after his birth is to be eliminated from his people because he had broken my covenant. Amen. There's a long reading. But this is the story of Abraham or Abraham as we know him and his calling. Now, um, I have a topic to teach on one day on circumcision, a detailed topic on circumcision. But today I'm just focusing on a little part of it. So here we see in chapter 12 when God called Abraham. Bible says when God called him, God had a purpose. God's vision was clear and simple. Out of you, I want to make a great nation. And through this one great nation, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Abraham was 75 years old when God called him. And God set his vision clear. I am forming one great nation in the world. And I will connect all the people of this earth to that one great nation. Through that great nation, everybody else will be blessed. And this is linked to a promise that God has made from the foundations of the world to send Jesus Christ into the world to save us. However, as time goes on, we will see through the, between chapter 12 and 17, all the issues Abraham went through, ups and downs, difficulties, and so on. 
So Abraham got to a point where there was so much pressure. He was past 80, had no child. He's gone to sojourn in Egypt for a while and was giving, the wife was giving a beautiful girl as a servant. They came back home. The tradition of that time is if you are not having a child, you can let your servant have a child and it is still yours because the servant is more like a property. So if your servant should have a child for you, it is still your child. And so the pressure was mounting. Um, Sarah had gotten to a point where she couldn't contain the pressure further. Um, advise Abraham, why don't we go the way everybody goes? This is a norm and we should go. Probably Abraham had already been eyeing Hagar and Sarah has seen the signs and think, okay, advantage. Let's settle the problem here. So Abraham went in and had a child with Sarah. Now, when you read 16 from verse 15, Abraham was 86 years when he had Ishmael as a son. From age 86 to Abraham was 99, about to cross to 100, there was no any information about any communication between God and Abraham. Then in chapter 7, God appears with a rebuke. He came in and he rebuked Abraham. So chapter 17 started with God saying, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him, to Abraham, and announced, I am God Almighty. Live in constant awareness that I am always with you and be blameless. Amen. So God comes on the scene and he said, Abraham, I am God Almighty. In other ways, I'm the all-sufficient God. I'm the God who can give everything. I'm the God who is able to give. There is no limitation on me. And so, you have placed a limitation on me by your action. Now, be conscious of this. Walk before me. If you are walking by somebody or you are walking behind somebody, you can play jokes. Because sometimes you can look at the person and realize the person is not watching. So you can play games. But when you are walking in front of the, before the person, the person is behind you, and the, you are, then you are conscious that this person is in front of me, uh, is behind me. So you are careful what you do. So God was drawing Abraham's attention. Be conscious of this, that God's eyes are on you. God is always watching you. So when you are in every situation, any situation you find yourself, and you are tempted to do something, remember God is watching you. You can turn to God for advice. You see, in seeking wisdom, there are times that there are situations that we are written black and white. God has said it black and white. This is what you have to do. And it is sometimes a bit easier when the definition is clear, what you are supposed to do. But sometimes it is difficult to know Somewhere in Proverbs, one verse says that, answer a fool according to his foolishness, so that that fool will not think he is wise. The next verse says, don't answer a fool according to his foolishness, otherwise people will not see the difference. So at what time do you apply the first verse, and at what point do you apply the other verse? So there comes a time where it is difficult to know clearly what the decisions are. 
which one is the right path to go and which one is the wrong path. It looks, there are times that there are decisions or situations that looks like this is okay because it is acceptable. Everybody agrees to it and so it is acceptable. But it does not go with what God has told you. In those situations, there is the need to consult God. There are many times that we consult men for direction and we leave God out about issues that relate to God. Amen. So God gave Abraham that rebuke and said, Remember this, I am the all-sufficient God. Bible says in the book of James, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Sometimes it's difficult to believe that God can give us that wisdom to deal with the situation. But God is willing. Bible says that he gives graciously. So when we find ourselves in situations where we need to take a decision and we are not clear which way to go, it is very important to go back to our source, God, the all-sufficient God. God went further to tell Abraham something very important. God modified the original vision. In the original vision in chapter 12, God says, I will make you a great nation. But because of Abraham's action, God was forced to modify the vision. Now in chapter 17, God says, I will make you a father of many nations. That was not original God's plan. That was not God's will for Abraham. We have the perfect will of God. What God knows as this is the best way it must work. However, sometimes based on the circumstances, because of grace, God gives us a second chance. This is a modified vision, a modified covenant. That was not the original God's plan. Today, the world is in crisis because of this modified vision. So God has to allow, accommodate Abraham's mess just to give room for the vision to work. But that was not the original. It is very important. Sometimes we get to situations where because of pressure. I remember when we were young and those are the preachers who tell us, you have to pray about the woman you have to marry. You have to pray about the man. How do you pray? You have seen somebody you are interested in. You are now going to pray, and how will God tell you, yes, I know. So one of our friends just said, brother, this pray, pray, pray thing, it's confusing. You just simply bosom and thank God. Just get a woman, if you are interested, take the woman and say, God, bless this one for me. It looks easier. Years later, this man did that, and years later, his marriage was in crisis. Then he came back. I met him one day. He said, that thing about praying and seeking the Lord's face is very important too. You don't need to learn from those experience. The mess cause sometimes is so much that it is difficult to go back on it. And so it is very important to know that sometimes the word of God looks too unpractical. It looks like um, there's the song, One Day at a Time. It says, do you remember when you work among men? Jesus is different now. Sometimes we are tempted to feel like, God, you don't understand the situation. Those times that you were giving these commandments, they are different. Today, it does not work. But God has always been God. He was God yesterday. He was God today. He is God today and will continue to be God. Bible says all things change, but he never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
But then I want to make a little point here to end. When God modified the contract, he made some key points here. And that is one of the things I want to us to learn about it. Some of the things Brother Kevin has been teaching about and I think it's very important here. God now made a contract with Abraham. I'm talking about contracts. So first he made a promise to Abraham. At one point in I think chapter 15 Abraham asked God, how would I know that this promise will be fulfilled? Because I'm getting to the point where I'm tempted to believe that at my age my servant will take over, will be my heir. And God said, no, your own child. And Abraham said, how can that happen? And God said, bring some animals, let's make a sacrifice. And Abraham made a sacrifice, and God said, you should know this, that your generation will be great. You will have so many descendants. He asked him, look into the sky. Can you count the uh, stars in the sky? He says, no. Can you count the Son by the shore, he said, no. He said, that is how many your descendants will be. Bible says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. So this is the man. Bible called him God's friend. They have that good relationship. But he breached that agreement. He got to the point where he doubted God. He messed up the plan. And so when God came in on the scene after 13 years to correct the mess, he came with a rebuke. And then he went further to have a contract with Abraham. He says, now this is what you do. You have to be circumcised. In 1714, he says, the agreement must be seen in your flesh. That means that there should be evidence. Yes, I have trusted you. I have given you the opportunity for us to work as friends. But you have breached the trust. I don't know what else you will do. And so let's put an agreement in place. Uh, I remember when this man, um, Jad Welsh, was teaching on um, business. He said this, that contracts are necessary, not, simply because, not just because we don't trust each other, but because we have the um, probability of forgetting. When people are in need, their thinking and their behavior is different from when they are free. When people come to you for help, they, will, they are ready to accept any condition. When they are free, it is a different story. One of the things we need to learn as Christians to avoid some of the issues we have is that, yes, we trust each other. But if there is anything we have to establish between us, it is good to have contracts. Many times, Christians ignore the importance of contracts written documents, evidence. God came to Abraham and I, he said, I want us to have an evidence. There must be something we can refer to. As for me, God, that is God's position. As for me, God, I swear by myself, there is nothing I can do beyond promising. But as for you, you waver. And so I want the contract to be in your flesh. You must be circumcised. And that will be the evidence. God went further to say, beyond the circumcision, everyone in your family must be tied to this contract. So you don't have excuses to say, oh, like between Adam and Eve, we don't know whether Eve was there when God gave the command that thou shalt not eat. Or it was Adam who communicated and communicated wrongly. 
that confusion shouldn't be there. Everyone born in your family by the eighth day must be circumcised. And anyone who refuses to be circumcised will be cut off from this covenant. Amen. It happened that when God called Moses at age 80 and told him, go and deliver my people, Moses packed and was ready to go. And then an angel of the Lord attacked him to kill him. Despite God calling him, an angel came to, on the scene and was about to kill Moses. Why? Because Moses had two sons who were not circumcised. And so they were not qualified to be part of the covenant. And so an angel came to stop him because those people, those children, are not part of the covenant. I'm sure probably it was the wife who said, I don't understand this, your custom of um, circumcising boys. It is an embarrassment. One of the uh, importance of the covenant is that at that time, being circumcised was an embarrassment. It was odd for a man to be found among other men that you have something different. And therefore, one of the importance of the covenant is to remind you that you are different. You are not just like everybody else. And you are not supposed to behave like everybody else. Everybody else will say it must go this way. But when you remember you are a circumcised person, you must know that you are not just like everybody. You belong to a different covenant. Amen. It is very important that when we, I mean, among friends, this happens a lot. There are many Christians who are hurt because they trusted a friend, entered into a contra, an agreement with a friend, and it is casual. I trust you. So, especially parting with money. Oh, I give you, I know you will bring it when necessary. Uh, last year, I went through some financial crisis, and I had some few friends who came around to help me out. When paying them back, those who added conditions to it, okay, I'm giving it to you for two months. If it goes beyond two months, you pay interest. For those ones, I quickly look for the money to pay them. Those who gave to, oh, whenever you want, whenever you are okay. I relaxed. Even when I had the money, I was thinking about those ones that had conditions. That is the nature of us human. Most often, we forget unless there is something else pulling us. So yes, it is important that we trust each other. It shouldn't be that among Christians, um, when we need help, somebody said it is more easier to trust the worldly person in business than the Christian. Because when you are working with a person who is not a Christian, they believe in the rules. The rules must apply. But when you employ a Christian or you are into business with a Christian, then they use tongues to interpret and define things. It is very important that one of the wisdom things we have to do as Christians is to set rules well defined. Contracts must be clearly defined. Between God and Abraham, God came in and said, I don't want us to go into that mess again. I don't want the contracts to be changed over. So let's have a contract. One, the evidence of it must be there. Two, it must be there that everyone who comes in must see that there is something different. There is a contract. Three, your descendants must be tied to it. Anyone who refuses to respect this contract must be affected by it. Amen. My message for this morning is very simple. That whilst we try to build a good Christian community, we must build bridges that makes it easy for us to trust each other. 
And one of them is that we must not give room for abuse. We must not give room for people who want to exploit the good to exploit it so that it becomes difficult to help other people. When you come to me for a help, which I can offer, and I say, let's have a contract on agreement, you shouldn't raise your eyebrows to say, oh, it means you don't trust me. Even if I don't ask for it, you should say, brother, can we put it in writing so that if I breach it, and let's put a condition, it will help us to trust each other. It will help us to build relationship. It will help us to establish ourselves. It will help us to expand as a people. The support that we need from each other, it will be easy if we can build that trust on knowing that there is something binding and holding us together. Amen. This is not the spiritual one. This is the physical dealings that we have to deal because we deal a lot in physical things. God willing, at a good time, we will also talk about the spiritual implications of the circumcision. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercies. Many are hurting. Many are disappointed. Many have taken decisions not to open up or to be supportive because of hurts, because of breaches of trust in families. But we know that you are God who gives the second chance. You are the God who is able to restore which, what, that which is lost in multiple fold. We pray that anyone that has lost money, has lost a relationship, has lost a business, has lost even the spiritual life, has gone down, has lost trust because someone else has exploited their goodness. We pray for restoration. We pray for a second chance. And we pray for wisdom. The wisdom to be able to insist on what is right. The wisdom to have an insight on what to do at every point in time. That we will not walk in darkness. That we will not be confused. That we will have clarity of direction from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We hope this sermon blessed you. If it did, will you consider sharing it with a friend? And if you're in Accra looking for a spirit-filled community to worship with, why don't you join us at Mikado Plaza, the Bonnie Junction, Accra, on Sundays from 9 to 10.30 a.m.? You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Accra Church and visit our website, accrachurch.org, for more sermons. God bless you.